Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, everybody. It is Monday morning, November 15th at 7.30 Mountain Time. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, my good friend and co-host, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how are you doing, buddy? Good morning. Uh, I'm doing all right. You know, it's a it's a fasting morning because I have to go get jabbed for blood work after this. So mm. I'm hungry. I'm hangry. But uh, you know, you're for somehow you're still allowed to drink coffee. So we'll get God that bless. caffeinated bliss going here shortly. But have to. Uh, yeah, strange weekend, and not not just you know. I, I know we're in a in a bubble here and a tunnel vision. But if you look across the the NFL, there were some weird scores. It was like, this is halfway through, and we're instead of playing seventeen games, we're going to play sixteen, and we're going to take a game off. And half the teams did because yeah. there were some there were more blowouts than I remember seeing in a long time in one week. Yeah, it wasn't great for. Uh, obviously, we like to talk a little bit of Falcons as well. That was a crazy game. Mike White crashed back to earth. How about Tom Brady losing to the Washington Football Team? That was crazy. The Browns getting absolutely blown the Browns out. Got poleaxed. The the Steelers lose with a tie. Right? I know they don't officially lose, but sixteen to sixteen against the Lions. Panthers whipping the best team in football so far this season. Chargers losing at home. I mean, it was a the Seahawks putting up zero points against the Packers. It, it was a weird week of football, but uh, we do have to talk about the Broncos before we get started, though. Uh, Nathan coming in with the, I believe it's a pair drinking coffee is what Scott it was, says. So. It was a, it's a pair offering up some coffee. So um, thank you. Cheers. Broncos for breakfast. Ah, man. So good. Uh, yeah, guys, this is Broncos for breakfast. Of course, we're going at you live every Monday, Tuesday and Thursday morning. Um, you can follow Scott and myself on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy, and I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Guys, go to huddleuppod.com to get your swag on, as Chad likes to say. Make uh, the holidays are right around the corner. Get yourself a coffee mug. Get yourself a gator, a shirt, a hat. You know, it's all there, and uh, celebrate with us this season uh, by supporting Mile High Huddle. Also, you can go to facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle to become a supporter, and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. YouTube folks, make sure you are subscribing, liking, and sharing, uh, hitting that bell notifications. That way you know when we go live. And obviously there's a lot of great football Broncos content creators out there, but we like to think we hang with any of them. So if you like us, make sure you're subscribing, liking, and sharing, getting Mile High Huddle out there with your fellow Bronco fans. uh, So that way we can continue to go live. And also make sure you're going to Scott's channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Let's say hello to everybody in the chat here. We got Clee saying uh, the real Broncos showed up on Sunday and what a treat it was, man. Uh, it could be worse, Scott. I don't know if you saw this. Um, this I went to bed last night, you know, feeling upset about the Broncos a little bit. And I, the headline comes across my feed that somewhere in southern Egypt, 500 people had to go to the hospital and five people died because of scorpion swarms because of flooding. Scorpions have come out of their burrows and hidden houses and attacked a whole bunch of people in southern Egypt. Is that what so happened could, with the murder hornets? I've said forever, if ants decided to take over the world, they could. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because 
they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Probably. I mean, they, they've got us outnumbered about a million to one. If, yeah. if, if there's ever an ant attack like that, we're all done for. For sure. Sentient ants. It's the last thing we need on our uh, apocalypse bingo card. But it's a scorpion, uh, scorpion swarm. Goodness gracious. Uh, but what a happy guy. Thanks to us, Dave, coming in there. We got Mo Ron saying hubba hubba. That's a... Uh, that's definitely directed at you, Scott. So we'll let you get that the, the morning light there. EJ's coming in. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Uh, U.S. Dave also go Broncos. Yeah, <laughs> CC's in the house. Morning and all. Corey says Scott's lost with- out of that guy. Is Sean here yet? He's got to get that out of Blazing Saddles. Come on, someone. Nick probably hasn't seen Blazing. I've Saddles. seen Blazing Saddles. No, I've seen Blazing. I didn't get Saddles. a rump out of that guy. <laughs> uh, Corey's calling you out here, saying Scott's loss was worse, so I don't feel so bad. Yeah, that one, it was worse in a sense of the final score and the gameplay, but not worse as far as expectations, I, I would say. say. See, the difference, is, the difference is expectations. After mm-hmm. I watched Atlanta play Philly, and which is why I picked Philly last week, because I know what Philly can do in the trenches, and I've seen what Denver does in the, against good trench teams. Yeah. My expectations for the Falcons was 2-15. and 15. So the yeah. fact that they've already won four games, to me, means that the coaching staff has done a above great job considering what they had to work with uh and we'll get to that with this team too i mean you don't just play two new offensive tackles and go and and move the ball you saw what happened to the cowboys with one last week when you played them um you know some of that was a bit of a mirage with the cowboys uh you know they go in 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 an emergency and play well but now you know being a starter is a is a whole ball new ball of wax Yep, absolutely. We got Miguel coming in saying good morning from New Mexico, fellas. Good Hope you're doing stars. well, Miguel. Appreciate you, Miguel. Thank you so and much, I'll Miguel. I'll get Chad to say your name at least close. I think I'm closer to your name with Santi Stefan than he Santi has Stefan. been so far uh, with whatever he said that doesn't sound anything like that. So I'll, I'll work on him with that. Sean coming in and saying, was it hard to watch? We can celebrate with a Fangio pink slip, please. It's probably coming around the corner at some point, maybe the end of the year, but uh, it does feel like an inevitability. I mean, we got press game post conferences with the defensive tackle calling out coaching. So uh, things are starting that, to get a little dicey. Is, there. You know, normally I've said before, when when local beat writers start turning a little bit, you know that they don't have to protect that relationship with the coaching staff anymore. So you know that the days are numbered. Yeah. Um, that's when they start becoming a little more honest with mm-hmm. the, the newspaper guys, legacy media guys. When Draymond Jones, when your players are saying it, you know it's done. It's over. Yeah. It's, it's over. Not great. Uh, KB82, good morning, fellas. Teddy, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a touchdown-saving tackle. 
Uh, woof, man, that one hurts. Uh, Mark Lendemode coming in saying, good morning, folks. Nick and Scott, hope all are doing better today after that gut-wrenching loss. Brett C., any QBs available in the draft around the middle of the first? We'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that, unfortunately, Brett C. Tim Durr, morning, fellows. Good to see you. CC saying, I'm thankful I had an exam during this game because I had interest I had interest in seeing a crapshoot. Lil Yell 69. There's literally no answer out there unless Mayfield walks or Corral falls into our lap. We're in purgatory for another season minimum. Uh, Miguel saying, Cliss covering up Fangio, losing the locker room. Maybe a little bit, but Cliss is, uh, Cliss is doing his job. <laughs> so Keith Cummings, disgusted by the Broncos. Uh, CC talking about AJ Terrell, though. Goes, Come join us on Tuesday uh, Tuesday mornings. Uh, we got US Dave saying, Rut, Roar, Prairie gibberish okay um <laughs> we got derek saying a number 91 sh- sh- had played more oh, he's going back to blazing saddles is what he is oh uh, okay okay Forever. there we go there that we go the i got you first class frontier gibberish i get it i get it it's, i've seen that once it's uh oh, definitely before my time movie i was more of a monty python guy myself uh, derek saying number 91 should have played reed is not good yeah man malik reed a second game uh, not great, uh, but, but so we're pretty much caught up here yeah, um, on the, the chat. Go ahead and hit on that one. I, I, want, I want to hit that one. What Keith just said too. Okay, Cliff so said Jones. Jones may have just regurgitated what Fangio told the team. I have a question for you. Do you think that's the first time that a coach has said blame us in a backroom meeting and an after thing? So we didn't do a good enough job. Do you think that's the first time? Because that's the first time I've heard him say it. Yeah, he knows exactly what he was saying. Exactly. Yep. Yep, and uh, we got Chris coming in. Chris is always a star giver, so this might be stars here. I'm just going to assume so because we need the good vibes this morning. Saying good morning, all. Hope everyone is having an awesome morning. Coffee helps, so you help, Chris. We really appreciate you. Yeah, um, base base. from Chris. Thank, thank you, Chris. And I still have your paper. It's down here in my office somewhere. So we'll get, I've got your address. I'm more likely to drive it out to you in New Mexico than I am actually to find a post office. So uh, I, that will happen. I, I still have it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and we got it a super coming in here from uh, base case and looking at the potential coaching replacements. Do you think Dan Quinn to be the front runner as reported? Uh, Scott, you probably have more opinions on this than uh, I do. Dan Quinn has been somebody who the Broncos media has been linking to Denver. I'm not sure how real that linkage is given how cloak and dagger George Payton seems to be. I mean, I, you could, he could hire somebody out of left field and I wouldn't be surprised given how, you know, secretive he can be with this kind of stuff. But Dan Quinn seems to be heavily linked. Dallas's defense has been better than the sum of their parts this season for the most part, I would say. And Quinn has experience and is kind of a player motivator. So um, obviously, you know about him with Atlanta. Dan Quinn is absolutely a player's coach. Players love him. They still love him. He's the kind that players will go and take less money to go play for if they've played for him before, which is mm-hmm. that, that speaks volumes. Uh, clock management was not his strong suit, obviously. Um, but part of that, I still talk about the Falcons' woes and where they went went bad. I'm gonna, I always lay 90% of that at the feet of Thomas, Thomas Dimitrov, the general manager. Yeah. Um, and we can get into it over and over and over again. Um, is Dan Quinn the best you can do? Probably not. Uh, if I had my choice between Quinn and Kellen Moore, and I'm not saying you do, I'd be interested in, in going a little riskier with, with Kellen Moore on that. Um, but Dan Quinn is not necessarily a bad option. I think he can come back in and take what he learned when he had good success with the Falcons. I mean, he went to a Super Bowl. We know how that turned out. But, you know, a winning record with the Atlanta Falcons is nothing to sneeze at. You know, that's that that didn't happen a lot in the Falcons history. So you could do worse than Dan Quinn. There's a lot to like there. And there's a lot to make you nervous too. Yep, absolutely. Uh, 
you know, maybe getting a player coach would help right the ship. Maybe it's not the guy, but it helps kind of rectify what's going on in there right now. Howie freaking day coming in saying, but Vic said he is sure Teddy would have tried to tackle if he could shake my head. Yeah. I mean, the tape doesn't look good. Maybe it's being a little bit overreactionary. And if anything, I guess let's get into this attempt. There's a lot that went wrong in this game. This is probably the main talking point coming out of this game yeah, is that Teddy. Howie. Thank you very much. Howie. Yeah. Um, for me, it looks bad. I don't care. I see Damian Crockett out there, former Broncos defensive back in the Denver media. Um, you know, if Belvin Gordon doesn't fumble it after picking up the fourth and one, when you're down one score and driving in the opposing plus territory, uh, you don't have to worry about that, but alas, um, you give your defense a chance by making that tackle attempt and the optics look bad. And I know that Teddy is loved in the locker room. But I think it's pretty hard from where I stand that, you know, if he's out there asking you to go out there and lay it all on the line and you put on an attempt like that. And I know injuries, one year contract, you know, protecting himself. But in that moment, you got to make a play. I think you got to make an attempt and make a play. And it just did, it did not look good. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100 percent with you on this. Um, the only narrative I don't want to see is there was plenty to go wrong to talk about in this game besides Teddy doing that. That was an egregious. That was almost like. How do I explain the Denver Broncos right now to somebody else? I can point to that play. Yeah. That, yep. that, that's it. It encapsulates that's it. Right it. There. This team doesn't play for this coaching staff. and But there's you know multitudes of things we can get into of why the Broncos lost this game. And it wasn't just that play. That play was, I don't think disgusting is too strong a word, honestly. I was pretty disgusted yeah. when yep, I saw I've- it. Um, I was so disappointed. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm Melvin Gordon, you know, that's part of it. Disgust and disappointment. It's just, yeah. if I'm Melvin Gordon, I'm I'm angry at myself. And then, yeah. you know, I go back to my quarterback and say, are you, are you joking? You yeah. know, how about picking me up here? Um, yeah. he, T- Teddy's not one to bash other players, at least, you know, like as far as, you know, you don't see him getting after if a guy misses a block, he's not getting in their faces. Because if he was that type of guy I, and I was a right tackle and had given up a sack and he got after me, I might have choke slammed him after after something yeah. like that. That was uh, disappointing. It was disgusting. It was it was all of those things. He's got some damage control to do in that locker room. He, he does. Yeah. He absolutely has some damage control to do in that locker room. If he wants to keep the respect of that team, if he even cares. I mean, I'm sure yeah. he does. He's a good professional. But you know, throw, you know, make a dive at his knees, you you know, do something. And the only thing as I'm watching, you know, I'm watching this in hindsight, knowing what happens. The only thing I can even think of is uh, who, who was it? I wrote down his name. It was Barnett. I think Barnett with six minutes left in the third quarter came in with a personal foul that would have gotten him ejected in college, came in and, and drove his, you know, crown of the helmet, dead to the chest, dead to the chin. Is Teddy even all there? You know, yeah. he came back and had some nice throws, some good throws and looked fine. But did he, you know, did he have his eggs scrambled again? I don't know. That's the only thing I can even think of that even somewhat excuses that. Yeah. Um, but in, in, in any other way, there is no excuse for that. There, There yeah. is, you know, everybody's out there laying it on the line. So do you. So do you. Yep. Whale saying we're overreacting here um, to Teddy not diving. I mean, it's not the reason the Broncos lost this game, but as you hinted at it, it kind of encapsulates this game 
and this season so far, you know, like you got to go out there and make a play after you make a mistake, uh, not drop like that. And uh, it, it looks bad, but you know, people saying that the Broncos win this game, if they don't have Teddy Bridgewater out there, I can, I mean, there's probably three quarterbacks in the NFL that you win this game with because you were that thoroughly beaten in every single phase of the game. Mm-hmm. Offense is beaten. Defense is beaten. Special teams is beaten. Your coaching is outcoached. I mean, like it's the grand slam uh, quad. What's the opposite of what's one more besides a trifecta, you know, all four, you, you touched on it. Patrick, and then there's the golden sombrero. Yeah. The golden sombrero. Um, it was, it was really bad. I mean, you're down, you give up 20 points on five possessions defensively. And typically a team has, you know, seven, six, seven possessions per half because how the Eagles were able to march the football down the field because your defense showed absolutely no resistance. You you gave up 20 points and it would have been more if the Eagles had a little bit more time, but it's because they were so effective moving the ball in the first half. They didn't have enough time to score another touchdown. So you're down, what is it? 20 to 10 giving up four points per possession, which there's no team in the NFL, even giving up more than three points per, per possession. So the Broncos almost, uh, you know, a whole point extra than that, which is dreadful. Um, the, actually, the Eagles' points per possession went down after they scored a field goal. Make it make sense. Um, but it was rough. It was bad all around. We'll get and we'll get keep getting into it here. We got to uh, Travis coming in here saying morning for morning for once, fellas. We don't or we need a new coaching staff, no doubt, and an actual franchise quarterback. At least our Hawkeyes got it done Saturday. Amen, Travis. Um, going down every single game is holding on for dear life. But uh, you know, a win's a win's a win, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, let's uh, keep on this. And Miguel, uh, you can probably answer this one, Scott. I need to get some coffee. Yeah, it's uh, the, the answer is 500. 500 stars to enter the raffle. And right now, the way things are going, there's probably going to be two raffles because the the, the stars goal was 200,000 stars for the month. And we should hit that in the next day or two. And then we'll start Beautiful. a new one. We'll start a new one. So there might be two different different raffles, but it's it's 500 stars. And then the YouTube contributions yeah. are counting as well. Uh, Shane came in with some coming in with some stars. Shane, we, we we if we missed you last night, I don't know if you saw. Um, we saw it come in yesterday. The stars that you had last night, and if it didn't tally on the on the scoreboard on the scoreboard, uh, we'll make sure that happens. We know you were there. You gave big stars as always, and are always just a huge uh, contributor and and benefactor for uh, for our shows. And he says um, that game was so hard to watch. Seeing Teddy give up like that was just a symptom of the coaching. Attitude reflects leadership, captain. Yep. Yep. Not great. Um, we got CC also saying business decision by Teddy. How does this affect the locker room? How do players view Teddy? This is soft play. Teddy has implications further than just giving up a touchdown. Yeah, no, it's uh it's rough. And I uh Ivan Ivan, Yvonne. yes. Yvonne. Ah, I was like, I even thought about it. That was a a Y instead of a Z on the end. Then it might be Ivan, but with the Peds, it's, 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 it's Yvonne. Yes. Yvonne. The most incredible thing is that Fangio was not looking at effort of his quarterback to make a tackle. Where was his attention? I I don't know. It's frustrating. Don't don't pay attention to what the coaches say the same thing after a bad play, every single press conference for the history of all time. I got to check the film. Yep. I'll have to get back to you on that. I'm going to have to check the film. Yeah, don't, and don't uh, worry D- about that. DWI guys, pretty much hitting on what I'm feeling here too. I bet Teddy's teammates have a different view on him today, as I certainly do after watching that lack of effort on the fumble recovery. Yeah, I'm a uh, man, big, big, sad man, big disappointed. You can't do that. I know he's protecting the football, but uh, you talk about conservatism on the field to a point where it's uh, detrimental, right? And that's throwing the football, that's um, making the tackle, and. Let's get into this a little bit. Let's break down Teddy because we always like to add a little bit of perspective. I've got had a chance to 
unfortunately, guys, watched through this game twice. And again, I really stand by the statement that there are probably only three quarterbacks in the NFL where you have a chance in this game, given the circumstances around Bridgewater. But Bridgewater is what he is, right? Like this game, we said, I said it, I don't know if it was this show or one of the many shows I did last week, but like if you fall behind early and you have to play catch up with Teddy Bridgewater, you're done because that's you're, you're out of your comfort zone with him drop back and the offensive line with three or yeah, three backups, uh, especially on the tackle position, you're going to be cooked. You cannot get behind early and have a no resistant defense, which we saw and expect to come back And the Broncos to their credit. I mean, honestly, to their credit, they were, what was it? The third quarter, fourth quarter, one possession driving. They were right in it despite so many factors going against them, but then the fumble happened and you know, clown music ensues. But uh, Teddy, yeah. What, what's, what's going on? What is your thoughts here? Uh, as far as the overall play, like I said, this this game, whether or not that play happens, I, I don't know. I, I don't know because I think the the fumble itself was 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 obviously to me more damaging than the lack of effort. Oh yeah, um, I mean, you can put it on fourth and short, and you got a chance to you know pick up a first down. You're dominating a team in the third quarter. You're looking at a tie at worst. Um, but you know Melvin Gordon, and and for my money, Melvin Gordon's done this season with critical carries. Yeah, um, has to be in, in times like that. I think you know that's twice trying to salt the game away against uh, Washington puts it on in, in in just in in places that you just absolutely cannot fumble. Yep. I mean, those are you. Can, there's there's times where it's like okay, I get it. You know, you see a punch come in or you know something like mm-hmm. that. You know, when you're out in the open field, I get it, and and sometimes it happens, mm-hmm. but that's twice where there, you, you can't lose the ball in there uh, and, and be a professional running back or no. be counted on. So I, I think in crucial moments, I think we're done seeing Melvin Gordon carry the ball for the most part. There will be ski, there will be rotation things, but that's a, we talk about trust with players a lot and you can't trust him right now to carry the ball. He had a, no. he had a bad game. Um, but, but going back to, to Teddy's play, the offensive line and pass pro and was was so poor that you know oh he's checking the ball down he's not going long it's every time he sets in a five step or a seven step drop as soon as his weight hit his back foot there was someone in his face or on him mm-hmm. you can't just put in two new offensive tackles and three backup offensive linemen and expect to just keep on clicking at the highest rate for an offense that was struggling anyway yeah uh, you know I, I kind of joked. The good news is, is those guys weren't playing very well. The bad news is, is they were still ahead of the guys that they were they were starting for, and it, mm-hmm. it showed. It, it really did show. Um, and then on the the other side of the line of scrimmage, the very first play, play action, you know, a naked boot for a run, and and Jalen Hurts picks it up. And I my first thought was, my God, he could have handed it off and gone for twenty yards. Well, he yep. did. The next play, he yep. just went right up the middle. I'm like, yep. if you can't. Run, stop the run, protect your quarterback, or put pressure on the quarterback in a base defense. You're not going to win many football games. Yeah, and uh, DWI guys coming here, thirty-three dollars uh, symbolic here, saying thank you. Javante should have been given the ball in that situation, but your team leader is giving up on a play is far more damaging long term. That's a symptom of everything that's going on, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, no, I kind of get the. You're, it's a double-edged sword because Javante Williams has more run stuffs than any running back in football so far this season. And on a fourth and one, what's the one thing you can't have? Well, I guess what's the the one thing you can't have is a fumble. But uh, the one thing you also can't have is a run stuff there. So Melvin Gordon doesn't get run stuffed very often. He's pretty good at picking up positive yards. But my God, man, you just 
woof. Yeah, you can't have that. Uh, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, you hit it on here. Um, it really is a symptom of who he is and what you know we thought he would be all season. He is somebody who doesn't really throw guys open with the arm talent, with the arm strength. He's not going to be pressing uh, two deep safeties vertically because that is going to lead to turnovers for Teddy Bridgewater more often than not. So his um, average depth of target, his spray chart, whatever you want to say in this game, looks pretty pretty dreadful. Now, a lot of that is the offensive line. Ball. Yep, yeah, a lot of it is – ground balls, God. <laughs> a lot of it is uh, the offensive line, but a lot of it is also Teddy Bridgewater. And uh, credit to the Eagles' defense. They play – it's really frustrating to watch the Broncos because they on both sides of the ball, they play a – a system and scheme like the other side is dominant. You know, they're, they're, we can be conservative on one side because the other side is dictating. Broncos are, you know, the, the secondary kind of play on both sides of the ball where they're very passive. And uh, when you get behind like this, good luck. Uh, so the Broncos then are going into a defense. It's playing, I think, the highest rate of two deep safeties in the NFL. They also play the highest rate of off coverage in the NFL. What does that mean? There's a lot of yards underneath. And uh, that's what the Broncos did. And you can you can live in that world if your defense isn't getting absolutely embarrassed on the field. I mean, you talked about how many yards in the first half was it? 270. Oh, my God. 270 yards in the first half, 20 points on five possessions in the first half. They were, uh, I think three to one in time of possession compared to the Broncos. They were marching up and down the field and the defense did not have even close to an answer, even close to an answer. Jordan Howard on the day, 12 carries 83 yards, 6.9 yards of carry. Boston Scott, who 11 carries 81 yards, 7.4 yards a carry. You're getting absolutely that your doors blasted off in the front seven. And I know that we were excited about Jonathan Cooper last week. And there's some Malik Reed fans. Well, I know he led the team in tackles. This was the Cleveland game all over again. And you touched on it as far as the Eagles were far better than the Broncos in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Now, some of that is injuries in the offensive line, but you know, here we are far better in the trenches and they picked on those Broncos edges time in time again, Malik Reed. Oh my God, man. This horrible, 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 bad game. The, the linebackers, horrible, terrible. Uh, you got, you got embarrassed on every single phase of the game. Um, but uh, uh, Miguel, we'll get to you in just one second. I wanted to comment on that because, because for me, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking like the front, the front of the defense of the front seven was to me was the most disappointing. I mean, yeah. Curtis Robinson had a terrible game, but He's... isn't he like your ninth linebacker? Yeah, you know, he, I mean, ninth string at this point. How many guys have you lost? Then I started thinking about it. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, the edges weren't getting it done either, but you're on at least your second or third guys there. Malik Reed isn't supposed to be a starter. It's supposed to be Bradley yeah. Chubb. Von Miller yeah. was traded away. John the Cooper had a good game. But yeah. again, the there's a lot to be disappointed with. They try and keep a little bit of perspective in here. Again, Three new offensive linemen. Who wins? Who wins that game against a team that is dominant on the front four in, in, in the trenches? Who who wins that game? Um, you're they running, were moving the ball on the ground. I know you were you were kind of poking fun at the Philadelphia linebacking core last yeah. you know last last week. But who are your linebackers for this game? You know when you're when you're when you're devastated because your rookie making his second start in his career is out, you're in trouble. You're in yeah. you're in trouble. And you know yeah. Curtis Robinson, God bless him. He, he was in the wrong spot all day. The only yeah. time I saw him making tackles was on, you know, after 15 yard runs. Uh, Kenny Young's been there about 15 minutes uh, and was willing to be let go by the Rams for a million dollars of cap room. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, honestly, in the first half, your best defensive player was Kyle Fuller. 
Oh, you know, and, and they were using him as a linebacker, as a nickel back playing up in the box. Yeah. So, you know, he was he was attacking the, the backfield. If I was of the guys that you expect to be better, and I, I don't necessarily want to call anybody out, but you know, where was Shelby Harris this game? You know, the the, the defensive line, Draymond Jones was actually decent, uh, yeah. except in special teams. I see why they asked Draymond Jones what happened on that black field block field goal because they came in through his side twice. Um, but you know, this team is running on reserves and they weren't playing that well to begin with. This, no. this, it wasn't entirely unpredictable that this could happen, but watching your quarterback finish a play like that just makes you freaking mad. Yeah. And it, 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 it stirs up the emotions and it bring it takes logic away from it. Cause now I'm pissed. Yep. Now I'm pissed. I don't care about all those other things. There's no excuse for quitting on a play like that. Yeah, and again, just adding some nuance to this conversation, I thought that the Broncos' game plan on offense was to really attack the Eagles over the middle of the field, really get their, make sure their linebackers on the field, and the Broncos did a pretty good job with that, I thought, early on, despite the limited possessions. You had Albert Okwebenam getting involved. You had Sauber getting involved. Welcome back, Noah Fant. Uh, the run game is picking up yards in chunks, even though they're already down 10-0 to after two possessions, which is terrible. Um, but uh, the biggest issue with me and Teddy in that first half is they are getting just because of the arm talent. It's not so much the pushing the ball vertically, because I think that's a lot dictated on what the Eagles were doing schematically and your offensive line limiting you because, I mean, God, Cameron Fleming might as well as put a show a chauffeur hat and guided an edge rusher to the quarterback every play. Just horrible, horrible right tackle play. Fourth right tackle. Like, if you're down to your fourth right tackle, I can't think of a single team who would be in a good situation, but he's he's got awful. Um, But it's Teddy Bridgewater and this Broncos offense in the red zone, right? Like, that's that's the issue where I really have where Teddy's skills and that play calling is not enough. You have space to work underneath and to work everything like that until the field gets compressed because you're in the red zone. And then you need to have the arm talent, push the ball, hit those tight windows, use your legs, something to create a Broncos offense consistently this season and happening again in this game piddle out once they get into the red zone because they're not they you're missing that plus at the quarterback position and this is this isn't just this year this is historically with teddy in his career um the red zone offense has been uh bottom in the nfl not good enough um and uh you know you walk away with uh you're in the red zone i think five times in this game and you only walk away with one touchdown that's not good enough to win the games that's not good enough um and again, this is if you have maybe Aaron Rodgers on your team, you maybe win this game or Patrick Mahomes the way he was playing last night. Maybe you win this game because of how bad you're getting beat in every single other phase of the game. But uh, you have to be better in the red zone. And Teddy has his fair share of criticism because I don't want to be, you know, I hear people screaming for lock. I hear people, you know, everybody blaming it on Teddy. That's so disingenuous and not the truth of the situation of this game. But there are plenty of things to criticize. Yeah, there's there's reasons to be mad at Teddy Bridgewater for sure. Um, yeah, you know, and, and again, going back to the risk reward on this, you mentioned Mahomes and Rogers are, you know, a top three quarterback, you don't get a top three quarterback for a six rounder and someone else no. paying 75% yep. of your, uh, of yep. his, of his salary that that doesn't happen. Um, yep. getting back to this, I know Fangio probably won't, but it's time for Drew Miguel. Thanks for being patient on this. Thanks, Drew. Um, Thanks. I mean, uh, I don't know if Fangio has Drew in the never ever camp. I heard the, yep. the, the, uh, the mile high huddle guys last night say something that I've been saying for a while. You might see Brett Rippon before you see Drew Locke. Then we'll know for sure. 
exactly if he's in the never ever camp with Fangio. Um, but Bridgewater's got some work to do in the locker room this week. Over the next two weeks, there's a bye week. So yeah. over the next two weeks, he's got, some, he's got some damage control to do. Otherwise, if I'm the coach of that team, I would absolutely turn and say, you're going to sit this one out. It's yeah. not like he's been playing at such a high level that you cannot live without him. No. So I would turn, I would say, you're going to, you're going to sit this one out, Drew, Drew suit up. I, I would absolutely do that. And uh, yeah, for sure. Is it time um, next week, two weeks? Yeah. I'd give, I'd give Drew a, a start on that. That's, that's unacceptable quarterback play. It's, it's unacceptable. Yep. And uh, also the, the Broncos, the formula was supposed to be amazing defense, good run game, ball protection. And you had the ball protection, you know, zero zero interceptions from Teddy Bridgewater. You had the amazing run game, despite, you know, not having the ample opportunities. The Broncos running backs, you know, averaging Javonta Williams, six yards a carry. Melvin Gordon, five yards a carry. Now it's really hard to run the football. Like, oh, why didn't Shermer run the ball? Or excuse me, God, it's just automatic at this point. Why didn't whoever run the ball? Well, you're down 20 points. Are you down 20 to 10 and they're averaging four yards of possession? Yeah, you need to score chunk plays and uh, you need to not drain the clock, which is what the ground game is for. Pass game, keeping up, trying to score points, run game, milking the clock, getting out of there. Um, you have to have the lead to, for that run game to really be that effective. And we got Howie coming back in saying, come on, even the broadcast guys are saying Teddy was holding the ball too long. How to slow down the rush, play action, outside runs with Williams, maybe some screens. Come on, excuses have to stop. It was bad play calling and terrible effort. I... I don't think it's really so much excuses as we're trying to break down how everything went wrong so emphatically all across the board. I mean, the Broncos, terrible on screens. Well, who is that Teddy arm talent? I know it's not throwing it very far, but you have to get it there quickly to give your guy time in space. Otherwise, everybody corrals. Maybe that's part of the issue. Um, the I, I, outside made a, run. I made a note on this in the first quarter, and it seems like every time your opposition runs a screen, the Broncos are blitzing. So you got seven mm -hmm. guys behind the ball. Every time the Broncos run a screen, a team's in contain. So they yep. got an eight-man parachute just sitting there waiting for you, where at best you're getting to the line of scrimmage. So I don't know. In baseball, we'd say you're tipping your pitches. you know. So is there something that's going on that's saying, you know, screen, screen, screen? You know, they, yeah. they see it coming because you don't ever catch anybody in a, in a screen where you're getting behind a rush and they're going, ever. But it seems yeah. to happen to the Broncos every time. There's a, a, a jailbreak blitz. And yeah, there's a screen. They, they run right to it every time. It's uh, it's uncanny. And if it's that uncanny, I've heard Chad say, I don't believe in coincidences. You know, are you are you tipping your place? Um, and as far as I, I'm not making any excuses for for Teddy Bridgewater, Howie. Um, but I will say that, you know, you, you have two new offensive tackles in there. It makes it tough to run your offense. Yeah. And I mean, the deal was great defense plus, say, an average offense. And almost all the parameters have the Broncos having, you know, 15th or 12th to 17th offense. But after this game, this is this is very upsetting. After this game, the Broncos, no doubt in my mind, are going to have a bottom 10 defense, according to DVOA. Because they were uh, 23rd before this game, which would put them at 11th. Or, excuse me, 22nd, which would put them at 11th. The way the Eagles just absolutely pantsed them embarrassed them uh, to the tune of just efficiency, marching it down the field, play after play after play. Um, this Broncos defense, they're probably going to be closer to a bottom five defense this week than they are middle of the pack. And Ethan, it's not always a failed pass. Sometimes it's a penalty. Yep. Yep. That's yep. a joke, Nick. Mm. You're listening. Okay. I really hate seeing it. 
Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, that's upsetting. We got Max coming yeah, in here, never too. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry. Ugh, we've, it's, uh, got Max coming in saying, thoughts on Doug Peterson for the next head coach. I think Nick, Nick said he would use tight ends as a main personnel grouping. Uh, he definitely used tight ends in uh, Philly. That was partially dictated by personnel. Um, obviously, if you have, uh, gosh, who was just traded to the Eagles, uh, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, you're going to use your tight ends. Goddard, I mean, Broncos even had a gift in this game because Goddard was moving the ball great and he concussed after like the second drive and it didn't even matter because you're getting housed. I mean, you mentioned it, man. I just thoughts to Curtis Robinson because Buddy is not supposed to be out there. And it's no, like, it's I like, the, it's, I don't, I don't blame. It's like they dressed the us. Player's not good enough. I don't blame him. I'm not going to get mad at Curtis Robinson for not being good enough. It's not his fault um, that he's not good enough. I will get on somebody. I, effort and attitude. Th- those are the ones. You can always be a good teammate. You can always give good effort. And you can always have good attitude. Those are the three. When I see one of those tick down, I'll start getting on a player. Yep. Um, otherwise, you know, I mean, I'm not going to get on Curtis Robinson. He's He is who he is. He was about the seventh or eighth choice and inside linebacker. Um he, he's not he's not good enough that's not his fault no. uh, appreciate the effort but uh it, it it you need some guys getting healthy again travis coming in with some stars so also kind of sorry for how bad the cowboys beat down scott's falcons like i said this one's more about we knew the cowboys were gonna have a response after that game at home against the broncos uh and it was a bad time for the falcons to be going in there um it just i had this conversation with my friend he's like you know he's getting on the, the coaches i'm like I counted them up. I'm like, there might be eight out of the starting 22 players that are average or above average on the Falcons across, across both sides. So you're missing, you got seven holes on each side of the ball. What the hell are you expecting? Like I said, after I watched Falcons play Philly, I was expecting two and 15. Yeah. Not great. Uh, With some stars too. Yeah. Thoughts on Shula's play calling. I thought the play calling offensively was far from the issue because you had your, um, hands tied behind your back with you know, falling behind so quickly, so early. And I know that I don't think a lot of people appreciate how much game flow and per- possessions matter. Like if the Eagles were putting up, you know, bombs right away, but the Broncos were able to possess the football. That's one thing. The Eagles were doing it in the most damning way for this Broncos team because they could never they were holding on to the ball. They had, they had, there's no way they didn't have the ball three to one in that first half because the, how efficiently they're moving the football down the field. It means that your offense has very little time to get into rhythm. They have very few possessions, very few plays to get out there. I mean, you're 10 to zero after having three plays, you know, it's, you're in trouble with this offense because you don't have Peyton Manning back there under center. Not many teams do. Um, so I thought that the game plan itself was fine offensively. Um, your quarterback is, is who he is. He's limited. And uh, with that, you need to lean into playing with the lead, lean into the running game and try to protect him from the offensive line. I thought they did that overall. And you gave yourself a chance. One possession with, was that the third quarter or fourth quarter when that interception had, it was really close to uh, the end of the third quarter. It was, I'm not it sure. was third quarter. That was bringing you back in. Yep. You know, you're very was, close. All the momentum in the world coming your one score game. I think that was the possession that led to the fumble. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm. I couldn't remember which uh, if it was the beginning of the fourth quarter, end of the third. But you know, you were one possession driving the football despite having all these parameters that saying you shouldn't be in it. So I actually thought the offensive game plan made sense for what it was. But uh, that only works if your defense isn't getting absolutely blown up. The doors blown off of them on every single play and on the ground game. And uh, Shane coming back in with Star says, the reason people want Locke is because in all the games he played, we never questioned his effort or seen him give up. 
I think it's a little more nuanced than that. Um, yeah. Like I said, I've I've now said, yeah, I'd absolutely play Drew Locke. I'd sit Teddy, Teddy on the bench for at least a week, at least, yeah. and, and just say, okay, uh, here it is. For me, people wanted Locke because with Teddy Bridgewater, best case scenario, you're looking at average. Average. Mm-hmm. And people don't want to hear that. It's like, oh, you mean the best I'm going to get is mediocre? Well, mediocre was a giant step up from where you've had the last couple of years. So that is improving the team in a robotically logical sense. Okay. I just got better at the quarterback. I'm getting better at the quarterback position, but people want lock because of the hope that he can be more than that. The hope that he can end up being a franchise guy. Mm-hmm. That's why people want lock. Doesn't mean he's going to be, but you yeah. have that hope with Teddy. You don't have that hope that he's going to be the franchise guy. Cause he's not going to be. Despite, and I've said this before, try not to to harp too much on what you hear guys say in press conferences because George Payton saying we might have the franchise guy on our roster already in the summer. What's he supposed to say? Yeah, you know that, that's just that's just that's just talk. He's not going to yeah. come out and say, "Yeah, we're going to bring in Teddy for a year before we go into the draft and build for the future." You, you don't say that publicly, no. so don't worry about what he says. But we can, and we've said it for six months now. That if Teddy wins this job, you got a new quarterback for sure in 2023. Yeah, I know. It's the, uh, did you ever watch Family Guy? Are you much of a Family Guy? I did not. I did yeah, not. Okay. There's a scene with a mystery box in a boat where they go to a timeshare meeting. And, uh, you know, it's like, oh, you can have the boat or you can get the mystery box. And Drew Locke is the mystery box because, you know, it could be a, you well, know, pop you're, balloon. You're not, you're not getting, you're not a, getting a boat. boat yeah, is, you're not getting a boat. <laughs> yeah, the boat is, you know, a, 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 a nice little bass fishing boat it's not a yacht no it's it's a 20 dollars gift card to chili's let's be real but the other ones you know a popped balloon in the in the box you don't even know but uh yeah it's a mystery box so m- might as well just check it out uh i, I get the feeling as well and it's a lot of hope um there with drew lock and uh, to be fair you had the four game stretch at the end of 2019 that built up a lot of hope and uh, last year a lot of things went off the rail um i think this game is probably not even it's even less close with lock out there uh, personally, because he's probably turning the ball over and then it really snowballs. But, you know, maybe when you're getting beat this bad defensively um, and the turnovers start ramping up, at least you're taking some vertical shots and you have a chance, right? That's it's this type of game where the defense is getting pantsed and it's like, okay, quarterback has to go out there and make some plays. Cause that's our only shot, right? Like we need to, we need the shooter to get hot and you don't have that with another play. There was another play um, in goal to go situation. And it may have been the one that led to the block field goal where Teddy's ru- running left and ends up throwing, I think a little bit behind Judy going towards where it was. It's like, you can't complete that pass. No. And if you put your head down and run, you might be able to score. Yeah. He's timid. Yeah. That's yep. he's, he's fragile right now. You know, I, that would, that was a play that typifies his lack of, I don't want to get the hell beat out of me anymore that yeah. wasn't as egregious as the very obvious one of I'm going to have to throw my head at this guy's knees that's running full speed. I'm not going to do it. You know, on that one, he if he had, if he had ducked his shoulder and just gone, he was about seven yeah. yards out, he probably scores. Um, yeah. So, you know, I don't know how healthy the guy even is at this point in his career either uh, after having some horrific injuries. And Travis coming in with some more stars saying, one positive is Quinn Miners absolutely belongs as a starter on the O-line. He was taking care of Fletcher Cox for most of the game and getting to the second level as well. Uh, I was pretty pleased with how Quinn Miners played in this game. Um, I think it's better than you've gotten from Glasgow up until this point. So there was some hot and cold, obviously, as you're going to get with any rookie. 
Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I think you've got eight games, seven games left. Seven after games. Week, I think he's only going to get better. Only going to get better. And that's a building block for the future. Appreciate the, the stars, Travis. Yeah, I really appreciate the stars, Travis. Yeah, I went to the uh, pro football focus just to see what their preliminary grades were. And they have Quinn Miners as the worst graded uh, player on the field for the Broncos offense, of course. Um, but looking at this, this doesn't make any sense because he has who's uh, grading the graders. Yeah, who's grading no, the graders? All that type of stuff. I, I like, I think they're fun. People understand the grades. Mm-hmm. But you you gotta you gotta use your eyes and trust yourself what you see as well and especially in run in the run yeah. of you know uh, Travis you said it was getting up to the second level he was chipping and moving yeah. up I thought he had a, I thought Miners played played well and it, not just for okay he's a rookie but I, I thought he I thought he was okay yeah well talk about who's grading the graders looking at they they obviously correct the grades in hindsight they really want to get the grades up quickly after the game um but then they correct some things who do you think the broncos number one graded player was on pro football focus for offense i'll give you a hint (laughs) that's a good guess um okwavenom is 13th um number one Somebody didn't even play the gosh damn game. It's Bobby Massey. He's number one. He says he had 27 reps. Also, we have Graham Glasgow listed here with 39 reps. So obviously, uh, don't listen to those grades until uh, they've been fine. You know who the highest graded guard was in the NFL? Who? Jalen Mayfield. Oh, wow. Left guard Atlanta Falcons. I promise no. you, he was not the best guard yep. in the NFL this week. Yep. Uh, so again, who's grading the graders? It's yep. a nice guide. I always said, you know, be doing rankings forever that I've done, you know, for, yep. for NFL, for college football, all that stuff. I said, it's a guide. It, it's a yep. guide. But if you're going to be serious about all this stuff, you gotta, you, you gotta use your, uh, use your own judgment as well. Yeah. And we got Andrew coming in saying, good morning. All I'm going to say is I'm tired of being right. Yeah, man. I thought the Broncos had a chance in this game. Cause I thought the defense maybe finally figured something out. Uh, you know, maybe that aggressive coverage, but one thing I said in this game multiple times is that the Eagles are going to put your linebackers in flux more than any team you'd seen in a bit because of what Jalen Hurts can do out of the backfield with those quarterback read options. Luckily, the Broncos had some athleticism in Baron Browning, and you'd hope the defensive line kind of figured some stuff out last week. Uh, unfortunately, Baron Browning gets hurt in, this, I think, the second possession of the game. Uh, with the back spasm, he tried to go, and then uh, he tweaks it, and he's out. Now you're playing Curtis Robinson, Justin Sternod, and Kenny Young. Hey man, how about that? I'm still laughing at Kenny Young. Uh, everybody was really excited to crown him. And, yo, we got to pay this guy, this linebacker. Um, there was the play where it was a Jalen Hurts read option. And, uh, ju- uh, gosh, Kenny Young's back is to the to the quarterback for like 10 yards down the field where he's covering a guy. And that's, you know, it's a tough situation. I get it, but just There's, comical. Again, I think, I think you've heard, of, you heard, heard the phrase recency bias. You know, it's a – I like to think more of baseball terms. You know, 162 yeah. games. The back of the card is at the end of the day. You're you're the player. The back of your card says you're going to have your ups and downs, especially yeah. in an emotional game like football. Let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. You know, last yeah. week, uh, you know, we we were talking about Bridgewater, this and that. You know, after a, a really good game against the Cowboys, I'm like, you know, he's here now, or but he's still going to have the bad games that are going to bring him back down. At the end of the day, he's going to be back into that 15 to 20 range. That's who he is. We know that. Yep. We know that. So if you're going to go have a top five game, there's going to be a 25 game that, that's going to be mixed in there too. Yep. Yep. No, it's a, uh, it's rough. And again, you know, apparently George Payton was as mad as he's been all season uh, after this game. And rightfully so. I mean, after seeing the product on the field, there it was unfortunate, but uh, I think, you know, this is the, this has got to be a 
a death knoll for and maybe that's the right phrase there, but for uh, Vic Fangio, right? I mean, we've said that how many times, but you are only here. You're not considered a great schemer or excuse me, a great uh, leader. You're not a holistic approach guy. You're here because with you, with your defensive scheming, with your eye for defensive talent and putting guys in position, you should have a top 10 defense every year. Full stop. Andrew, I mean, he did that. Uh, Andrew Lampy on that when he said, good morning. Thanks for the coffee, bud. Appreciate yeah. you. Appreciate the stars and appreciate the support. Lawrence came in with some stars too. With What I'm going to say is a little bit of a simplistic approach here. Yeah. Uh, last night was due to the fill-in coach. And if we could ever get the coaching right, I think we can go far. Because if you look at the games we lost, it was due to coaching. I mean, good coaches have great players in the Bron- and they a lot of these good coaches have Hall of Fame level quarterbacks, and the Broncos don't have that. I mean, everybody looks at Shermer historically, like, oh man, he's been bad, he's been kicked around. You know, a lot of good co- coaches until they have a Hall of Fame quarterback, you know, they suck. <laughs> That's it. Really, is that that simple in the NFL, right? You have to have that level of quarterback. There's a reason that um, rule right now for Carolina is being linked to the LSU job because they're paying Sam Darnold all this money. And guess what? If you don't have the quarterback in the NFL you're probably going to be out in a couple seasons. Uh, it's that linked to that position. Well, so uh, it seems ahead. like the injury factor. I mean, I know by numbers it says, oh, it's not that much worse than anybody else. No way. There, yep. There's just no way. Um, yep. I mean, how many games are you missing for, for, for starters? You know, Jerry Judy, get three missing offensive linemen. Both, uh, well, Von Miller was healthy for the most part, but he's now gone. Consider that almost like an injury. Um, you've lost linebackers every week, um, yeah. secondary every across the board. Uh, it's been, it's been uncanny. So, um, yeah. Lawrence, it's, it's easy to say this all gets better if we change coaching staff, cause that's easy to change. It's a lot easier to change a coach and a couple coordinators than it is to, uh, to, to fix a 53 man roster. Um, but it, it will get better. There certainly will be improvement, but this team, this team isn't nine and oh, 10 and oh with Andy Reed or no. Bill Belichick, there's there's some flaws in this roster as well, for sure. Um, DWI guys, Ethan coming back in and said, I'm glad I just didn't have my new Broncos for breakfast mug in my hands on that fumble play. Um, yeah, don't take it out on your stuff. <laughs> Only on your personal relationships, right, don't, guys? Don't, don't take it out on your stuff like that. Um, yeah, uh, my uh, I've, I've told my kids, they're 10 and 12. I've told them, I said, the uh, part of the part of getting older is knowing when you can and cannot use the swear words that you hear all of us use all the time. So uh, that would have been one of those, you know, I think daddy popped a blood vessel in his eyes type of plays. So I, I get the uh, I get the anger across the board on that play. You know, Melvin mm-hmm. Gordon fumbles where he can't be and your quarterback just phoned it in. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 that'll make you angry. Yeah, it's <sighs> I guess I am just so angry at the defense, right? They are giving up uh way more points per game this season despite having less possessions. They are giving up more points and more yards per game this season despite having better field position. They're they're giving up more yards and points per game despite having more expenditures and talent investment on that side of the football. So at some point, you know, what's, what do you even have Vic Fangio here for? He's not beloved in the locker room. He's not good on both sides of the ball. You have him here for his scheme and his defense. And right now his defense is bottom 10 in the NFL. And I know the injuries are happening, but guess what? Injuries, that's part of the game. 
that's that's you have to be able to figure that out. And it cannot be as bad as it has been on a consistent basis, or you're going to get what you got against the Eagles. He's really not overly likable, Vic Fangio. Um, You know, I mentioned last week that his, you know, chest pumping, you know, after the, you know, chest thumping after the the Cowboys game really reeked to me of insecurity, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, where he was. Oh yeah. Sometimes you see this stuff after 37 years of coaching in the NFL. And how about Mm -hmm. them Broncos? And it was a goose egg. And it's like, dude, you're, you're only as good as your latest week in the NFL and it can turn in a hurry. Let's, let's pump the brakes on some of the bravado just a little bit. And, uh, he, he's not long for this. He's not long for this team. I mean, just no way. Yep. <sighs> Naj, Naj coming in. Go ahead. Appreciate you coming in. Naj says, Hey brothers, Broncos have a young team and I believe you need a high energy coach. who can relate to these players. Fangio isn't that he's arrogant and rarely backs the players the way he does the coaches as uh, a guy who's approaching OG status. And I think in, in, in football terms, I'd still be pretty young, but it's not even just the, the age, you know, players yeah. want to play for Andy Reed. He's getting old. He's been around forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that, but you know, you can still be relatable. And I just mentioned this was, you know, I was talking about this while, while this was coming in, just all the reasons why Fangio doesn't inspire the coaches. There's a lot of me, me, me in there, and he doesn't have the yep. track record to back it up. You know, what, what's his record with the Broncos? About 16 and 40? Not you good. know, when you're going to go out and chest pump, chest, I keep saying pump, chest thump after, you know, sneaking one by the Cowboys. I mean, yeah. come on, man. Yeah. And there's a reason. I don't know how much. This is out, out, I guess, but talking with people in the organization, there's a reason that uh, it's the positional coaches right now doing the motivational speeches and talking with the players before the game and hyping them up and getting them focused because Fangio is not super relatable or liked in that locker room. You know, he's just kind of a dude right now. You know, it's like kind of that thing where everybody's in their groups talking, you know, having a good time. And then the teacher walks and everybody's kind of quiet and the energy goes down. That's what's going on right now with Fangio in this locker room and this team. And uh, he is not long for the Broncos at this point. I think this was probably the nail. You say this is the nail in the coffin game. We're all doom and gloom right now. The Broncos are one game out. No, it's already, right? you know, there was a, there was a flash where yeah. he maybe save himself, you know, with the, with the Broncos. Can they keep playing like that? Um, but you know, that four game losing streak against teams that weren't all that great yeah. games that you should have won a couple of them that you could have won in there. No, yeah. this is, like I said, the, the 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 nails have already been nailed in. Draymond Jones coming in and saying execution by us and coaching, pretty simple. That was like the big flag that says, okay, he's done. We're done. It's been announced now. Yeah. Yeah, we got Todd coming in saying five-yard Teddy and uh, Teddy sucks. Um, man, it's uh, for me, it's like right now we're on the Titanic, right? And uh, the ship is already taken water. We've hit the iceberg. And uh, we're talking about changing captains. It's okay. Well, whichever one can get you to the bottom of the ocean fastest. That's what we're arguing with at the quarterback position. Cause neither of these guys is going to be the answer. And I hear, you know, they talk about Teddy Bridgewater and drew lock, but uh, you know, the Broncos lose this game probably by more. Maybe it's more exciting. They can melt the comeback, but I think they probably lose this game by more with uh, Teddy Bridgewater or excuse me with uh, drew lock out there, given the turnovers, but at least he's throwing it down the field. I don't know. It's really so hard to even get, 
upset about one single thing and just the singular quarterback because you got beat so thoroughly. I mean, we're not even talking special teams, right? The special teams getting the the field goal block there when you have another chance to make it a, I think, a one possession game on that one. You need the points there. Terrible. You can't do that. And the Broncos team just finding new and cruel and unusual ways to lose games and give up advantages every single week. And it's, it's, it's infuriating. Well, let's pile on special teams here real quick. God, it just, Oh <laughs> God. So uh. I watched the, the field goal again. Um, they overloaded their left side, the right side. So they had four guys with three guys blocking them. Yep. And if you are supposed, if you're blocking one of those guys, you're never supposed to let anybody inside of you. Make somebody take the yep. long route. So with four guys, three guys to block and four guys coming, Draymond Jones took the outside guy and someone came right under his shoulder and and, and blocked it. That's where he got it, split him, uh, yeah. came in and blocked it. So made that note. The next field goal that goes in, same same lineup, for overloading the left yeah. side, four guys against three, same block from Draymond Jones. Yep. He goes wide right. Somebody cuts in behind him. He didn't get the block that time. It's hard to block a field goal, even if you have a free pass yeah. at it. Same thing. So who's correcting these things? The, the same guy came through the same hole on the same play, and it didn't get corrected. Yep. I think I think there's a there's a, a phrase that's pretty popular around here. Coaching, coaching, coaching. You know, that stuff's not getting corrected in game. Why not? Yeah. It's man, it's it's so frustrating. I wish it was just one single thing that are that we could point at and be like, okay, you fix this, and you know you're in the game. But it's not that. And just some more stats here to unfortunately pile on Teddy Bridgewater. But I think the game plan itself was part of the reason that you saw the checkdowns and whatnot from the, the lack of a dot from Teddy Bridgewater. You know, off coverage too deep, um, and your offensive line giving up pressure at a ridiculous rate. But these these are stats, and it's these offense, everything it's a, it's a team stat, but these, these fall on the quarterback for me one for 11 on third down. I know you're in a bad position often on first and second down because, or you're in a bad position on third down. Cause you're not getting down on first and second down, but one for 11 on third down, that's a quarterback stat. Uh, one what for five the, in the uh, red zone. What was the average to go? Because you're not getting any yards on, you know, yeah. if, if it's third and 12, 10% is about right. So why yeah. is it always, the question to me always becomes, isn't just that you're not converting, but why is it always third and 10? Yep. Nope. That's uh that's part of it. Um, it's very unfortunate uh, to see, but yeah, one one for eleven on third down. That's not gonna get it done. And third downs are a quarterback stat. You know what? Also, is a quarterback stat. Red zone one for five in the red zone for points. Granted, you had a blocked field goal on one of those. You had a fumble on one of those. Neither of those is directly Teddy Bridgewater's fault, but still one for five in the red zone when you are having every single possession matters so much with how the Eagles are just gashing your defense. You have to be better than that. So, um. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, far from the reason the Broncos lost, it's the easiest thing to pile on. You know, everybody wants to have it be one single thing, so typically the onus falls on coach or quarterback because they have the most credit when they win and the most blame when they lose. But uh, red zone offense and one for th one for 11 on third down, that falls on Bridgewater. That end, uh, encapsulates it. And uh, we got Merlo coming in right here. I mean, this again, you're arguing about which can get you to the, the bottom of the ocean the quickest on the Titanic. Guys are arguing over two backup quarterbacks. Not great. Uh, and Ethan coming back in. Okay, seriously, at what point is Vic's continued presence as a head coach a detriment for the players? Yeah. I understand we'll get a new head coach next year, but most of these players will be here. 
Oh, I don't know the answer to yeah. that. I do know that if you're not playing and if you're not playing 100% in this game, injuries happen and you you start worrying about hurting the confidence of some of your younger players. Um, you know, we've we've used that example with some of the bad quarterback teams. Um, mm -hmm. you know, the tre uh, Trevor Lawrence coming in or Zach Wilson to a bad Jets team. You can really hurt their confidence early. So that's the thing you don't want to see happen is stunning the growth of your young core of players. Um, I don't know. I don't know how long you see you, you stick stick by this guy. Uh, you know, guys have been have been fired midseason before. Uh, if I'm George Payton, I'd go. What do you have? 14 captains or something like that on this team. You know, I, I'd start having some player only meeting some meetings with some of the players and the captains. You know, what do you think? Uh, find out them because th th those are the guys for the most part that are gonna mm -hmm. that are gonna be the building blocks of this team for the years moving forward. So you certainly don't want to. Uh, don't want to hurt the long-term viability of and the growth of some of these young players and, and collection connection coming in saying guys teddy had more interceptions than drew in his first two years okay appreciate that collection connection on the stats yeah um we're at about an hour already nick believe it or not yeah i know it's it's rough i want to get to this one from cody i am a little delusional but mostly it's for my hawkeyes um and this is also an issue with teddy bridgewater and i do think a lot of it was dictated based on what the Eagles were doing and what you had uh, offensively. I mean, that first drive, the Broncos tried to do a couple of drop back things and Cam Fleming led a parade right to the quarterback. So you don't have a lot of time to throw vertically, but Teddy doesn't have the arm talent nor trust the trust his arm to hit those tight windows that only, you know, let's say 25 quarterbacks in the NFL have the arm talent to hit those tight windows, deep vertical outs against cover two, Teddy doesn't have that arm. Um, he simply just doesn't. And he's not testing that because a turnover there an interception uh, kills you more than a, uh, you know, an incompletion or throwing it short of the sticks. But that is, that's where we are. And uh, I don't know what we're talking about with passing over a Teddy interception. There was only one uh, turnover on the Broncos in this game. And uh, that was the fumble by Melvin Gordon, but you still got your teeth kicked in um, despite only having that one turnover. So uh, it's rough. I mean, it's, it's, we're down bad right now. But you know what's great is that as high as we were last week and as low as we are right now, we're only the Broncos are still only one game back with thanks to the Chargers, <laughs> everything they want in front of them. Probably now the Chiefs go on a uh, massive run, right? That just seems like a team that was just floating around on the AFC West is bad enough right now that uh, anybody could take it. So the Chiefs, what are they, five and four now? They'll probably go on a run and, you know, or six and four. They'll probably go on a run and kill it. But uh, it's unfortunate. It's a bad game. This is a game the Broncos had to win, and they came out and got beat in every single phase. So I'm with you guys. Uh, Teddy, while he's, I think, far from the main problem right now, you're not losing games directly because of him. You're equally, if not further, not winning games because of him, right? So if that means turning to Drew Locke to, you know, let them eat cake, so be it. You know, I, I this team is probably not going anywhere anyway, at least with Drew Locke. Um, you have two years of control left. He's younger and you can do a little bit of different things, testing it vertically. And if you go down, you go down swinging. That's just my perspective on it, but yeah, put him in the shop window. Yep. You know, I mean, it, it doesn't cost you anything. And, and even if you don't like the, he's not respected in the locker room. I don't know these things. I'm making this up. I'm just coming up with all the reasons why you don't want drew lock as your long-term quarterback. Well, shop him. Yep. Let's, let's have him play. And unless you, unless you're, You've deluded yourself into thinking that this is a team that can make a, a serious run in the playoffs right now. Then Teddy Bridgewater just gave you all the ammunition you needed yep. because of that play, and that yep. lack of effort on that play in a one-score game to say yep. you're going to have a seat, have a seat for a week, and we're going to get we got two weeks now 
to uh, to get ready to get Drew Lock ready to play. Yep. Okay, I'm in. I'm absolutely in. Yep, hundred percent. And uh, either way, you get more data than on that quarterback because five and five with what we've seen so far this season. Um, you know, Teddy is not the long term answer. Not somebody you want to pay. Probably never was. Never was. Yep. And and again, I still don't see him getting fifteen million a year from anybody. No, nope. You're nope. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's you know he goes into the list of quarterbacks like a Jacoby Brissett, like a Tyrod Taylor, like an Andy Dalton this offseason that you know maybe gives you a bridge to another option, but it's really just you know treading water. And uh, you have a year and a half left of control with Drew Locke. Probably just need to see what he can do, and at that point, get the most data possible. And uh, we can at least go on for the rest of the season with a better idea of what we have on the team. And it's an unfortunate situation to be, but after you passed on Mac Jones, Justin Fields, this is probably always the most likely scenario. There's definitely a clip out there saying um, this is probably the most likely scenario because where they're at with both quarterbacks come this off season. So well, and what we say at the very beginning that it kind of got glossed over, but about Teddy getting picked is like, you can't make that pick without the backing of your, of your team, without the, the, Yep. You don't make Teddy Bridgewater the quarterback over an incumbent Drew Locke without buy-in from your team. Yep. He just he just hurt that. He oh, just yeah. hurt that. If I was like, I want this guy, we want this guy, we want this guy, we want this guy, after that play, you're like, man, yep. I don't care anymore. Put him in. Put this other guy in. Yep. So, like I said, damage control. He's got a lot. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the be a leader, be a leader for this team, and be the quarterback of this team. He's got a lot of damage control over the next two weeks. Yep. It's rough, but again, we're just <laughs> unfortunately probably arguing uh quickest way to the bottom of the Atlantic ocean for this season with the quarterback, uh, whoever's, you know, first mate or whatever the heck they call it. But, uh, you know, that's, we're still in the playoff hunt. What do we say? Not, I said nine and eight this season, still very much possible. So we'll see, but guys, we appreciate you. Definitely a, a safe place to come in and be upset about the game yesterday. We didn't even talk. I don't even think we talked enough about how bad this defense was. Cause the Eagles just whipped them. I'm excited. I'm excited from like a morbid uh, stance to see where the efficiency metrics so, come out in this game. Cause the defense was that bad. The, are you now done with the AFC North type of teams? You know, Philadelphia Eagles fits better into the AFC North than they do the glitzy Dallas Cowboys. They're yeah. they're uh, they're much more of a Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns type of team, who we've seen the Broncos can't deal with. So yeah. is that is that it for for teams like that that are just going to bully you in the lines of scrimmage? And now it can get back to some you know fancy West Coast football. I'm trying to think. I think we have we're done with the. Uh, I mean, yeah, I really do think that's probably the last team on both sides of the defense and the trenches that it's going to whip you. And also something that I think is important here. And I want to add context because as bad as the defensive line and the defense was in general, the Eagles, the last three weeks have been the number one offense in football in terms of EPA per play. So they're really starting to hit their stride. And you guys probably, this is, we have the Mac Jones game where he's killing it and he's only been like, he's only scrambled three times this whole season. I'm like, okay, well maybe the athleticism at the quarterback position is somewhat overrated. And then Jalen hurts comes out as a second round pick and uh, he's running these zone options and it's super efficient and gashing your team time and time again. And I'm right back in on the athletic quarterback. There's baby. Give me, more give me than it. one way to skin a cat. Yes. Don't skin cats though, folks. That's, that's what's up with that <laughs> phrase. Um, we appreciate you guys. We love you. I know it's definitely a frustrating game, but uh, we're going to be here for through all the frustrations and give you guys a chance to, uh, vent and um, hopefully have your voices be heard. Um, 
I'm with you guys at this point. You know, Teddy, he lost me on that uh, that play. You can't have that. The optics are bad. And uh, he, son, I'm disappointed. I'm I'm a barely older than Teddy Bridgewater, so I can say that uh, he disappointed me. I can do the old man energy on him. Maybe it's time to play Drew. But we love you, folks. Um, obviously, you can follow us on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Uh, if you guys are on Facebook, make sure you're following us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod YouTube subscribe, like, and share hit that bell notification. So, you know, when we go live, you can come join us, vent your frustrations. You know, that's what we're here for. Uh, just a sounding board to have uh, talk through you guys to have some fun with this while, <laughs> while the Broncos are frustrating us. Also make sure you're following Scott's YouTube channel. We'll be live there on Wednesday to talk an equally disappointing game, uh, the Falcons versus the Cowboys. Um, that will be at, a preview to the Patriots, speaking of a team that's won four in a row mm-hmm. and just had a 45-point win of their own. Against a good team, uh, on paper at least. <laughs> Maybe Baker Mayfield isn't it. You know, that as bad as Teddy and Drew Lockhart this year, at least the Broncos didn't uh, super invest in that, and you have options going forward. That's that's the that's the silver lining we're looking for. Um, but follow Scott at YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Um yeah, no, I get congrats to the Eagles. They beat the heck out of us. Like we said, coming into this game, three and six, pish posh. That's a team that's way better on paper. They've lost games close and uh, they beat the heck out of us this week. And uh, sorry, we missed you too, Pete. So welcome, welcome in and uh, catch us on, catch us on replay, throw in some comments. I, I scroll through those a couple times a day on our shows and, and go through the comments and find out what I said wrong or all that kind of stuff. Um, yep. And don't forget tonight, uh, this is the morning after the, I like these morning after shows. And then tonight we've got the, uh, it's not the gut reaction, the aftermath. What do they call the, the Monday night shows? So tonight, don't forget 6 PM mountain time. And we'll see you tonight. Pain. No guys, we appreciate you. Uh, have a good one. Uh, frustrating, but you know, that's, uh, it's going to be what it is sometimes ups and downs. News, still right in got it. Two weeks to stew about it. Ah, so great. Yeah, man, it's awesome. (laughs) Love you guys. Stay safe, be kind, um, and go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.